0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you're a dad or parenting with a dad, you'll know how important they are to your family unit. For those of us raising a child today, the expectations of fathers are very different to what they've been in the past. We expect them to contribute equally to the family, both at home and in the workplace. But what kind of impact does this have on the world? Brian Hillman is a senior research officer at ProMundo. It's a non-profit in the US that promotes equality and an end to gendered violence. He's also a lead researcher in their biennial report, The State of the World's Fathers. The report looked at men's caring in 11 countries. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Welcome. It's great to have you in Australia.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be here. What a cool (laughs) opportunity for us.
0: Now, um, our expectations of fathers have changed, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. but does the reality reach those expectations?
1: Well, I love hearing you start off the conversation with that frame that we want to bring this expectation that fathers be fully equal participants in caregiving work and in all the work that needs to happen within the home. And that's also really a standpoint that we're coming from in the, as the authors of the State of the World's Father's Report and all the advocacy and programs that Pramundo are doing. Unfortunately, we're not quite there really anywhere in the world. I mean, and there are, of course, big discrepancies on a country by country, locality basis. But we, one of the main findings of this series of reports is that there really isn't any country in the world where men are contributing fully half of the work inside the home. And even the statistics show when you add up the the work that women are undertaking in paid work, as well as unpaid work, as well as childcare, and, and compare that next to the amount that men are doing, all work, paid and unpaid, still women are doing more on a daily basis. And that's something that, you know, men, parents... Fathers need to kind of reckon with that as much work as we're putting in and maybe we feel that even more than our parents or you know grandfather's generation we're putting in a lot more work in the home and elsewhere that even when that's all added up with our work outside the home we're still taking a global view not fully um contributing equally so that's the, the impetus to continue doing this See, advocacy I have to work. ask,
0: what about the Scandinavian countries? Because here in Australia, we think they're advanced in every, <laughs> every area of life, education for children, <laughs> equality mm-hmm. in the workplace. Do they, is, are, there, are there some rankings, I guess? Are there countries that do better than others?
1: There, yeah, certainly. I mean... Um if anyone were interested to look at the full State of the World's Fathers Report, there's a lot of statistics in there, and we dig into which countries seem to be leading the way, um, both in terms of their parental leave policies and childcare. Uh, offerings on a national basis, as well as just the way people in that society think and hold attitudes about about parenting. And certainly sure there are wide discrepancies from countries, but I don't think there's a place that we can that we're ready yet to, you know, give the gold medal and say, you've solved gender equality, <laughs> you know, life yes. is perfect in this place. And so it's a challenge of continuing to push forward and to bring some of the advancements that are pretty exciting in places like Scandinavia to everyone around the world. I mean, every child has the same rights and the same uh, need for that level of really deeply involved care from from their parents and caregivers. And I think a lot of parents worldwide are still held back and yearning for the chance to have the kinds of policy offerings and social norms and just other kinds of opportunities that we see in a really small handful of countries so far.
0: Now, I believe inequality in the home but I'm a woman, so of course I'm going to argue that it should be equal. Um, having said that, there would be many men and some women who probably think there's nothing wrong with the status quo, that um, this is the way it's been forever, it works for us. Um, why do you at Promondo, mm-hmm. think that needs to change?
1: Well, I mean, one of the things that's important to keep in mind about this is there isn't like a premundo branded version of equality that we're trying to insist on everyone or or some kind of like overly rigid view of like equality means everybody does the exact same work in the exact same way. And for every spoonful of food going in the baby's <laughs> mouth, there's like the mother's hand and the father's hand, or, you know, the hands from both parents, <laughs> whichever gender, you know, spoon feeding simultaneously that certainly there, there will be among every family, the negotiations that happen, what does equal look like for us based on, uh, our professional ambitions based on just the the nature and, you know, what we're interested in and what we're how we want to share these roles within the home. So, yeah, to a certain extent, determining within your own family what the roles are that everyone should contribute. If you feel comfortable, everybody feels that, you know, their reality and their freedom is kind of reflected by that, then that's great. And we're not here to tell you that you're wrong for feeling that way. I just think... If you take a step further back, and statistics like the ones we show in this report allow us a chance to do that and see bigger than just one family at a time, we see these things where, as I mentioned before, women are still doing more work. It's not equal. We still live in societies that put forward these notions that really restrict roles on all sides of the gender spectrum. That um, that make domestic work and care work traditionally or more commonly feminine gendered and that tell men also that, you know, to close off your emotions, to suck it up, to be self-sufficient, that like all this touchy-feely, gooey emotional stuff isn't what you're supposed to be involved in. And I think more and more people are recognizing that those strict limitations aren't working for them and that a world where People can be who they want to be, love who they want to love, raise their children in a way that's um, collaborative and supportive in all directions is going to work better than these really rigid restrictions based on gender.
0: At Pramundo, you have um, your own goals about trying mm-hmm. to promote equality, a, and, and part of that is to end gendered violence mm-hmm. as well. So you've got some... Um, high goals there, yeah. which are, are great goals to have. Um, but also there's the element of what, how this inequality restricts men. So when you talk about men contributing more to family life and being mm-hmm. more equally involved in family life, what have you found that they get out of it?
1: Yeah, this is a great question, honestly, because... As you're getting at, our day-to-day work in Promondo is taking on some of the biggest problems in the world. I mean, the rates of intimate partner violence around the world still are uh, extreme. And we find through a lot of our research that the root cause of so many issues like that are these rigid ideas about gender that tell men that they should act this way, feel this way, do these jobs. This is your role in society as against and opposed to, this is the role for women. And our, Our research everywhere we undertake it finds that the more strongly people hold on to this vision that, like, to be a real man, you need to be tough, to be a real man, you shouldn't be involved in this childcare and domestic work, the people who hold on to those attitudes most strongly are also the ones who are most likely to exhibit so many of these other big issues, are most likely to. Uh, use and experience violence in many locations in their life, most likely to exhibit stress and depression and mental health challenges, most likely to show uh, or to use and abuse drugs and alcohol, even links with risky driving and uh, all, anyway, all sorts of, uh, not (laughs) not a lot of good stuff (laughs) comes from holding on really firmly to those attitudes, apart from the fact that it gives you a sense of kind of like confidence and security in your identity you know like you understand that okay this is who i am the world is complicated it's tricky i have some goals that i want to do but there's barriers in my way at least one thing like a foundation of my identity is this is my gender identity and this is what i've been told i have to do to be a man or be a woman or be successful in this identity and so people get that kind of i believe anyway that people particularly in uncertain economic times they they find some security in that identity now the thing that's so interesting about working on fatherhood specifically is i suspect i don't know if it's the case in australia but in my interactions i suspect there are a lot of guys out there my generation you know parents of young children at the moment who are very eager to have close, nurturing, loving, caring relationships with their kids, to be a major figure in their children's lives, to be able to show that physical affection, to be there for them, to do the work and really feel like you're succeeding as a parent. But a lot of those guys might not think that they are part of some gender revolution (laughs) or that they're, you know, living a feminist ideology day to day by doing that but in a sense they kind of are you know that the those ambitions the way in which a lot of fathers in the moment want to be deeply connected in their children's lives are kind of new to more recent generations they're not something that i don't personally speaking that my grandparents generation would have even thought to kind of strive for in that way and so I hope that a lot of fathers who are really dedicated to playing that nurturing role in their children's lives, regardless of what they think about the idea of feminism, or regardless of their feelings on a gender equality ideology or their political leanings, might be able to see, like, oh yeah, this I actually am reaping the rewards of this close relationship with my children. Hopefully, a closer and healthier and stronger relationship with my partner and co-parent, and that. Right. Those would be the benefits that come from kind of pushing against some of the outdated and, and harmful gender norms and roles.
0: What I find really interesting is that um, the more kind of obvious examples of, let's say, toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. which is what we're kind of talking mm-hmm. about when we say violence and mm-hmm. all the other things that aren't great about having a very strong um, male identity, if you're looking at it mm-hmm. in that kind of traditional way, um, I find that amongst my peers and and in my community that most people have kind of progressed beyond that. But what is more challenging are the subtle assumptions that you don't even realize, which Mm. I kind of feel um, might be harder to shift. Mm -hmm. So in my partnership, for example, with my husband, he's always been a co-parent in that sense, but automatically some things are assumed that I will do because I'm a woman. and. I don't. I assume it as well. You know, I assume yeah. that I will look after the childcare, that I will yeah, organise yeah. the playdates and the gifts and etc. And again, going back to your point, mm-hmm. sometimes that's what's works. That's what works, and that's fine. But at other times, it is a very subtle form of yeah, inequality yeah. that even people who feel that they've progressed beyond that mm-hmm. still fall back to.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you change that kind of? <sighs> mindset.
1: Well, we're talking about it, right? This yes. <laughs> this interview will go out hopefully to your vast listenership. They might think about it differently. I think, yeah, and even sometimes I make the mistake in speaking about our research findings and in mentioning just a handful of specific discrete tasks in the home, you know, like who's feeding the kids, who's bathing the kids, who's preparing the meals and doing the dishes. But you're right. You're speaking to these kind of hidden tasks that Our and others' research shows that women are still disproportionately undertaking, like the mental work. Who has to remember that it's the doctor's appointment is coming up again in another six months, or that the homework has been done, whether the homework is done or making the (laughs) the cupcakes for the party in school that's happening in a couple weeks. And I think this has been a challenge for men, male co-parents. In a lot of our research, sometimes is that they even those who have gone through like the curricula and the actual workshop activities to become more involved fathers through Pramundo's work, then they start undertaking things like changing diapers and doing more of the cooking and cleaning and bathing and everything and report back to us at the end that, okay, I'm doing like an hour more of this work every single day. Like truly we, we must have achieved equality now. <laughs> and we ask women in those same (laughs) partnerships like whether their workload has reduced and they tell us that it hasn't because the the work sometimes that men are taking on isn't the exact work that then would displace or reduce the work that their partner is doing and I think hopefully that experience shows just truly how all-encompassing childcare and parenting is and we have to kind of find this way to continue to call those men and fathers in and encourage them to do those tasks and more, but also kind of resist this uh, giving them a trophy as the world super dad of all time for doing kind of minimal you know, initial steps toward what truer Which equality definitely would look happens like.
0: now yeah oh yeah. look at you you know how to change it we call them nappies here but you know <laughs> um i know the answer can't be one or the other but how important is uh structural change yeah. on a policy level when it comes to governments and the things they do like parental leave and totally. those kinds of
1: things well that's the um I think the real strong contribution of this particular 2019 version of State of the World's Fathers report, if anybody out there feels like diving into the policy stuff, it's stateoftheworldsfathers.org is where you find the report. But the way we've organized it this year is to take a real structural view of society and what is holding back or supporting more equality in care and domestic work. And we take five slices of society, basically, with the broadest one being those policies and structures. And so looking at still the very, very limited availability of maternity leave in a lot of places, including my country, let alone the right kinds of guarantees for male parents as well to be able to take time for a birth or adoption of a new child. So it's things like paternity leave. It's also things like social safety net for the poorest families things like um affordable high quality childcare that can contribute to this conversation but um we're trying to encourage always to think of those levels (laughs) those policies interacting with other parts of our lives so the policies interact with these things we've been discussing like the attitudes people hold about what men and women should do and so we kind of look into that um interplay of you know in the countries that seem to have the most gender equal ideas about the roles of men and women are the policies really keeping up with those or is that sometimes working vice versa but certainly there are barriers at the level of policy availability childcare and leave and financial supports there are barriers in terms of the social norms and attitudes that's kind of like the second slice down then there are barriers in relation to family economic security and physical security so i mean i can't speak to everybody's reality who's listening to the podcast but um there are a lot of families around the world facing active conflict, facing living through refugee or internal displacement scenarios. And what is what are the implications of extreme instability like that on parenting patterns? And then as well, just the level of the couple, the co-parents negotiating um, and how... How those conversations happen and then the fifth and final I'm like walking you through the table of contents <laughs> I love of our it. report right now <laughs> the fifth and final is that individual father himself what are those barriers that maybe he even feels internally like I don't have the skills to do this I don't know how I can learn these things I don't have like models in my life so we're looking at all of those levels and how they interact with each other.
0: Well, it seems like a report everyone should read.
1: <laughs> Brian, Your th- homework <laughs> has been assigned. <laughs>
0: That's right. While the baby's sleeping.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Brian, thank you so much for coming Oh, my in. pleasure. That's Brian Hillman. He's the Senior Research Officer at Promundo, and you'll find links to the report, The State of the World's Fathers, in the notes of this episode.